Hey guys, this is Chef Emily Hirsch from Health Kitchen Young Guns Season 20, and I'm with Sean Russell of SoFlow Vegans. Hey everybody, this is Sean Russell, host of the SoFlow Vegans podcast, and thank you so much for listening. On this episode, we have Chef Emily Hirsch from Hell's Kitchen on the show to talk about her experience on the show, some behind the scenes things I never knew about, as well as what's going on now, almost two years after the show was recorded. Also on this episode, we have a new segment. Last episode, we played a song from our friends at The New Vegan, and today we have another clip from an amazing artist. So you're just gonna have to wait and listen to it like it's a nice little gift you get to open up. And then we'll have more information about the artist at the end of the show. And we want to let you know about an event that's coming up, Seed, Food, and Wine. We've been supporting and attending for years now, and we are going to be involved again this year. So make sure you use code SOFLOVEGANS20 at checkout to get 20% off your tickets. And you can go to SoFlowVegans.com slash calendar for more information on this event and a few other exciting things happening in this tail end of 2021. So enjoy today's episode. Stay tuned all the way until the end for some more exciting announcements. And let's start our show. And welcome to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. And on this episode, we have one hell's kitchen of an episode here. We have Emily Hirsch on the show. Welcome to SoFlow Vegans, Emily. Sean, I'm so pumped to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm I'm ecstatic. I've heard so many amazing conversations you've already had. So I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. Oh, man. If you guys are just listening to this, I'm like cheesing so big right now Um, because I am a fan of the show. I had the opportunity to interview someone you may know, Josie, from the show as well. And from there, I just was consumed with watching every single episode. And then when we arranged to have this interview, I was like, oh my gosh, there's two people that I'm actually going to know on this show. And if you're not watching it, and you already know this because you you were in the show, this, they're, it's so amazing what the representation the plant-based community is having in this show. And it's not just, hey, here are our plant-based um, contestants. Mm-hmm. It's, you guys are actually a significant part of the show. I want to say like the last episode that aired at the time of this recording, I think we're on a little bit of a hiatus. I think a couple, 7 to 19 was the last episode. But that yes. whole episode was like you and Josie's episode. My mom called it the Emily and Josie show. The Emily and Josie episode. <laughs> you know, seriously. So it's just like, and it's a really good show too, because you guys are really like putting, giving it all on the show and working to get your place, you know, with Gordon Ramsay pleasure to see and it's a pleasure to have you on this podcast well thank you so so much and i'm really glad that you can kind of feel what we were going through on the show as well because that's all i wanted was for i was a little bit nervous of how they would portray us on the show but i think they did a really good job especially of me and josie's relationship of just the compassion we have with each other and the fight and the drive we have to share our 
you know, our unique passions that usually isn't on Hell's Kitchen. And that's a great representation because, you know, people are plant-based, are vegan, are vegetarian for different reasons. But for me, compassion comes first. So just to see the two most loving people on the show also carry that moniker of being a, uh, you know, plant-based, that's super dope. So let's jump into the conversation. And one of the things we do on all of our episodes, at least we try to do on all our episodes, is to find your origin story. How did you get onto your plant-based journey? Oh, yeah. Well, this happened. I actually just celebrated my four-year anniversary of being plant-based yesterday. So it is a really cool thing to uh, go back through uh, where it all first started. So before I was a chef, I was a lifetime dancer. Uh, very, very serious about it. I started when I was a little baby at two years old. Uh, did all of the different dances. Hip hop was my favorite though. So hip hop was always, you know, I can take it into the clubs now. At least I can still dance in the clubs. But uh, yeah, so I was a lifelong dancer and I started my professional dancing career uh, in college. So I was a dancer all throughout high school. Just loved it. Had amazing teams, had amazing relationships on the dance team. Uh, I My first year of college, I uh, went to college at the University of Texas at San Antonio, which is where I'm from, born and raised. So I did that dance team for a year. Um, but I always had this passion of being a dancer at the University of Texas at Austin. And so I trained really hard, went through a really gruesome and intense process of getting myself ready for tryouts for that. And once I, I made it, I was ecstatic. Unfortunately, this is where the story gets a bit tough. Um, I think that the realization for everybody when it comes to plant-based or making a big change, it's it, something happens where it, a light bulb kind of comes off or a light bulb kind of goes off. And so this light bulb didn't come until a little bit later, but in, on dance teams, sometimes it can skew into something more body image based instead of the beauty of dance and the passion of dance. And unfortunately, this dance team that I entered was extremely, extremely body image based. And so me being a tall, curvy woman, being on this dance team used to, you know, I'm originally very proud of my body going on to this dance team where there are these expectations for young women that are just ridiculous. But of course, as an 18 year old girl, you don't realize that. So I ended up developing a negative uh, relationship with food and I developed an eating disorder and it was a tough road for the next two years of college, just kind of losing my identity of dancing. It became something so sour. And also I love always big lover of food that turned sour as well. And so I lost myself and I really, really didn't know once I got off of that dance team because it was extremely toxic, what to do next. And so, you know, I was struggling with anxiety. I was struggling with this eating disorder, feeling isolated. Uh, I had a vegan roommate, actually. And every day after class, I would come home and I would see what she was cooking. And I thought, wow, this is really creative. And this is kind of taking me out of this mindset that I usually have about food, you know, that it's something that hurts me or something that's scary. She made it something that looked really fun. 
And so I looked into it. I watched a bunch of documentaries uh, and it became more, it started off as, I know that there's, I, there's three different ways, right? Going back that kind of plant-based people go in to plant-based is ethical reasons, environmental reasons, and the health reasons. And so it started off as a health reason for me. Um, my mind kind of finally got off of this obsession with food in a negative way. And it slowly turned into a positive obsession of the creativity and the amazing benefits that plant-based food has to offer. So there was this one point in my life where it was just, you know, when you have something that comes into you and you make a decision that seems so easy and it's just, you make this big decision, but it, it just felt right. And so I feel like it was kind of a divine intervention that just came into me and told me, okay, I think this should be the journey for you. I think you should try plant-based eating. And so I did, and I just completely cold turkey cut out meat. And it, for some reason, was so easy. And it just completely healed my negative image of food. It just became something that I loved, and it's ironically something that healed me. It first was something that hurt me, but finding this, this love of food again was really, really special. And so throughout that, I decided to go to culinary school to professionally train because if that healed me so intensely, I wanted to be able to do that with other people. And not only did it heal me mentally, and I think that's the biggest thing that I'm most passionate about is how it healed me mentally. And so I went to culinary school, got a culinary degree in, um, this really cute boutique school in New York City called the Natural Gourmet Institute. It's 85% plant-based and it focuses on cooking for health, which is totally my jam. <laughs> so I was like, yes, this is, again, a divine intervention. And so I went, um, got my degree, worked at Dirt Candy uh, for my first cooking job in New York City. It's a vegetarian, um, the vegetarian, I, I don't know if they do tasting menus anymore, but it was a tasting menu. But um, Chef Amanda Cohen is the chef there, and she was amazing. I learned so much. And so, yeah, that's that was kind of my journey. And once I decided to make this big change in my life, I never went back. And it's just opened so many doors for me uh, with meeting people, being on this amazing show, Hell's Kitchen, to also making a lot of peace within myself uh, with anxiety, body dysmorphia, just everything. I didn't know that something so small could make such a big impact in my life. And that's fascinating because you went from going on this plant-based, adopting a plant-based lifestyle. I was about to say diet. Adopting this plant, canceled. Uh, adopting this <laughs> plant-based uh, lifestyle. And then that was what the trigger was for you to become a chef. Yeah, exactly. That is, it's That's fascinating. It's cool because I, I actually didn't really know what I wanted to do with my career either. I was in college and I was studying kinesiology, which is the study of movement. And a lot of people go into physical therapy or their personal trainers, which I was for a little while, which was fun, but it just wasn't what I, it, I could feel that it wasn't what I was meant to do. And just through this struggle, I was able to find my career. I'm actually extremely thankful that that happened so early in life because a lot of people can't say that they're doing something that they absolutely love. So along those lines, 
this is an amazing, an amazing road that you're on right now. So you have this life changing moment in your, in your life, 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 Add a couple more lives on there. And you are now a chef. You have the training, you, you have the background, you have the expertise. Now, how do you go from there to Hell's Kitchen? That's what I really want to know. <laughs> what does that this road is, look like? Yeah, it's an interesting road, actually. Very funny story. I always laugh because I was, I'll be completely honest with you. This, when they contacted me, I had been cooking for about four months professionally in the restaurants. So <laughs> I was my first restaurant job, baby chef, don't know what I'm doing, um, but I'm learning a lot and I learn really quickly. And so I get this message on LinkedIn saying, oh, hey, like we're casting for Hell's Kitchen season 20. Would you like to audition? Like send us a couple pictures of you cooking. Again, I had no pictures of me cooking. This is like my fourth month into cooking. They're like, send me pictures of all your signature dishes, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm, this is definitely a scam. Like I yeah. definitely thought it was some sort of scam. They want to take my money. They want to like kidnap me or something. I don't even know. But <laughs> so I was like, this is interesting. I'll, I'll, just, I'll play along for a little bit. I'll see what happens. And so I end up getting... I end up having about five interviews with people. And then I'm like, I guess this is professional. I, I guess this is real. And uh, it went on for the audition process went on for a long, long time. So I just figured that it was just never going to happen. You know, that it was a cool opportunity to be, be, be able to interview. But if I don't get it, whatever, because, you know, I'm a baby. And so then I remember uh, they call me and they're like, oh, yeah. So we want you to fly out to L.A., to do the final audition. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like this is this is big. And another funny moment was I you wait in the hotel room for them for the the big audition process or whatever. And it just took so long and I was so unsure of myself at the time. And I was like, this is this is a sex trafficking scam. This is it. Like this is they're oh. going to take me. <laughs> it's just oh. I don't know. I was freaking out. <laughs> My mom called and she, was, she called the front desk because she was also freaking out. She goes, is this, are you guys, are you guys having interviews for Hell's Kitchen? They're like, yeah. And so that was the end. I was like, okay, this is it. This is real. And then they called me later. You're going to fly out to Vegas in two weeks and you're going to film. And that was that. And um, I, I was living in New York city at the time and I immediately bought a plane to get back to Texas so I could train because there's a lot of training I needed to do before getting on the show. Just unfortunately learning, learning some animal protein stuff, but um, just to be able to compete and share my message of plant-based eating, but I had to learn that, um, had to practice for signature dish. They have you cook a whole meal in 45 minutes, which is was foreign to me at the time because I would just sit and jam and cook for hours and hours to make one meal. So I had to prep to do that. So it was a really, really interesting experience preparing for the show. And once it was there, it was just such a blur. It was so fast. So I'm really glad that I had that time to prepare and get ready for it. So, so now is the time that you're a Hell's Kitchen fan who really want to tune in because I am a fan and I'm going to like a little fan out here, just getting some behind the scenes things that maybe you don't normally find. So the first thing, and we talk a little bit about it off air, that 
I was under the impression, actually, I wasn't sure when this was actually taped. If you guys maybe just finished or if this is like American Idol style and you guys are like going back to your places. And so like fill us in on like when did this actually take place? Yeah, this took place two years ago. So two full years ago, I was 22 years old and a lot has happened pre-COVID times. So uh, it was a lot of waiting to do. And so we would, we went up there, we filmed for everybody filmed for about a month and, um, and that was that. And they just kept it under their belts for a long, long time. And the health kitchen people have a group chat and every day it would be like, guys, I don't even think that was real. Like it didn't even, it seems like it was freaking two years ago. So we were like, is this, are we in, um, what is that movie? The, uh, that one where you're like a dream within a dream. In, in, you know uh, inception. About? Inception. We're like, is this inception? Like inception. So it was a long time coming. It was a little bit of delayed gratification, but crazy two years ago. So when you're watching it, do you, are you like surprised with how things have been edited? Are you like, oh, wow, I forgot that even happened. Or are there some situations where you had no idea because it was probably other people's situation? Like, did any of that happen for you while you were watching it? Yeah, I was actually very happy of personally how they portrayed me. I think they've, they've really shown what I was going through and how I was truly 100% authentic on the show, which I'm very thankful for because I feel like some of the cast members are spun a little bit weird. But um, some of the things I remember we would come back from the dorms and we would talk about because you know how it separated red team and blue team. Uh, there's the one part, the one episode, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't seen the show yet, but there's this one part where it's the chicken gate episode and Gordon Ramsay throws a chicken at the blue team when it's still boys and girls. And they came back and they're like, yo, Gordon Ramsay just threw a chicken at us. And we we're like, what? And we, I finally got to see that on camera. And it was just, oh. it, was, it was crazy. So being able to see the things that they they talk about and we just had to kind of had to imagine we didn't really know what was going on in the other kitchen. Um, that was really fun. And that was really cool. And also seeing people's confessionals, of course, because you don't know what people are saying when they take you into that room and you get to talk about everybody. So that was pretty interesting too, to watch back. So you had a chance to be at least in the, where you are right now in the ep in the season on both mm -hmm. teams, correct? Yes, correct. So, so like, how did you feel after you got so because your team at the beginning you guys are rocking and rolling it was just like win after win after win and i kind of knew that that was going to happen i think other reality shows do that so i was like oh they got to switch it up because yeah this is, is going to be a, a slaughter and then you get switched to the i guess you would say the losing team at the mm -hmm. at that at that moment so like what was going through your head at that point I remember it was after a pretty rough night for Victoria and I was on Victoria's team at the time. So it was, that was the first time we had a communication problem. And I, I just kind of realized like, Oh yeah, like working with people can be hard and it's not always going to be perfect. We're not always going to have a win. These, it was when the problem started to occur for the red team. And so I had mixed feelings when Chef told me to go be on the team with all of the boys who had 
not had a win yet under their belts. And so I had mixed feelings. I was very disappointed because I was bonding with all of the ladies, but also really excited because he put me over there with two other strong chefs. And so it made me feel like, oh, well, maybe maybe he thinks that I can help these people out and maybe he thinks of me as a leader. And so that's, that's what was in my head. And whenever that self-doubt crept in during the show, I always had to try to think of the bright side because if that self-doubt creeps in, then you're out, you know, like you start making mistakes, you start getting in your head. So I was like, Oh, he just thinks that I'm a leader and I need to like help these boys get out of the grave. So (laughs) I was thankful for him. I kind of take that as a sign that he believed in me a little bit to switch things up. But yeah, at first I was like, oh man, those girls are really awesome. I'm going to miss them. And, and obviously I only know what I've seen so far. And I think the last episode, um, you all had an opportunity to sit with um, chef Gordon Ramsay one-on-one and he kind of gave you guys a little, I guess, I guess put a little spring in each person's step. So what was that experience like? It was, it's something that I always think about. Um, I actually got a tattoo because of that conversation based around the conversation because it was so special that um, that's one of the scenes that I'm a little bit disappointed because there are things that were cut out of what he said to me that was just life changing. It's something that whenever I doubt myself, I just go back to that conversation with him. Um, One of the things he told me was that I was fearless. And it was a little bit ironic because I was so, so scared to go on the show, you know, things that I'm not familiar with, things that I'm not comfortable with, um, things that I don't think that I'm good enough to do yet. And to actually decide to go on the show and to have him say those words that I was fearless, just kind of instilled something in me that I want to help other people realize is that you can be fearless. You can still be scared, but you can be fearless, you know? And so that was one thing that I really clung to is something that he told me. And just being able to have that experience talking to, I think the greatest chef in the world, one of the greatest chefs in the world, at least, but having that connection with somebody who is such an icon um, at such a young age is something that was definitely a rite of passage. And I really wanted to hear everything that he said to the other people as well, because everybody came back and was like so pumped, you know, so excited that Gordon Ramsay was telling them something amazing. Just like he could pick out, he is, he's like, he can see through your soul. He picked out everything that the strengths, the weaknesses of every single chef. It's like, he knows. So it was, it was like, he was the greatest mentor of all. He's definitely was a coach figure during that whole process. And I think that's important to see, especially for young people out there, that it's not just kind of puts it into perspective because I think people who've watched the show seasons past know where his heart is, what the intention is, you know, that it's not about just tearing people down. It's about making you rise to the occasion because that kitchen, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a chef by any stretch of the imagination, but I imagine that you get to be on your a game because you're, giving people things that they're putting in their body, you know? Yeah. So all the times where he's throwing and saying this lamb and, and whatever, <laughs> it's because you can't eat raw stuff to people. So you need to feel that, you know, that punch of like, don't do this again because you can kill somebody, you know, that exactly. sort of seriousness of it. So exactly. it's cool. 
So that's why I love seeing that because I'm not, I haven't watched a lot of episodes, but I know mm-hmm. enough about him to know mm-hmm. where his, where he's coming from. So yeah. with that being said, there is somebody on this show that we've actually had on our podcast before that mm-hmm. you are, I'm guessing, good friends with based on the show. So tell me, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Josie. Yeah. Um, so Josie and I off the cuff had a really strong bond because we were both the only plant-based chefs. And, um, I don't know, it's just one of those, you know, when you meet somebody and you just either, it can be a friendship, it can be a romantic relationship, whatever. And you meet them and it just kind of clicks and you're like, Oh, this person is kind of like me. (laughs) This is awesome. And so I think it was really special to, at first I was actually a little bit because the competitive spirit in me, I was like, Oh, there's another plant-based chef. I'm not the only one. And that was my fear of just not being, of wanting to be, you know, the best and not letting in another person who has the same passion as I do to make an even bigger impact. So at first I was a little bit like, Oh, she's also plant-based. This is going to be, she's going to be my competition, but it, it switched so quickly after we started talking and we started both sharing our same compassions for the world, compassions for animals, why we were doing this show. And I think that it's really cool because what Josie is passionate about is the same as me, but it's also extremely different. So she is kind of like an advocate. I think of her as an advocate and an activist And that's something that is so important and something that we need so much in our community. And she inspired me because that's not something that I really consider myself as in the plant-based world so much. I I, I mean, I obviously have this amazing platform and I want to be as much as I can, but she was meant to be an activist, you know, That's, that's how I feel of her. And she's always also very spiritual. And so that's kind of what differs her for me. My and my passion was combining mental health and physical health with food. And so we both had these different kind of platforms and different kind of things we wanted to share with the world, but also the fact that we solely had the same beliefs was just incredibly beautiful. And I also remembered, you know, we would help each other out when we were struggling cooking with meat. I remember there's this one time where chef, uh, one of the chefs was, we were planning. I can't really say this episode. I don't know if this episode has happened yet. It might be the next one, but, um, we are training for a dinner and one of the chefs makes this one dish and he goes, this is the best dish that I, the best food that I've ever tried in my whole entire life. If you haven't tried it, I suggest that you do. And so we were looking at this, of course, it's not plant-based and we were looking at each other and we kind of were that strength for one another through that whole show. And we were like, we're not going to taste it. Like that's not in our beliefs. We're not going to taste it, even though he's selling this as this amazing dish, you know? And so we were that other strength for when we were feeling weak, when we were feeling like we weren't good enough, because of course, when you walk into a field of all of these people who have trained with animal protein and you're not one of them. And the whole competition is if you can cook a steak, you know, we're, we're obviously feeling a little bit out of our element. And so to have each other there to pump each other up 
especially in a very isolated area where we're together 24 seven, just had, had this initiated this bond that I don't think will ever be broken. So it was, it was amazing having her, having her as a friend there and having her as a support system. And I hope that I was the same for her. And and it's, it's beautiful to see it's, you know, I went into this season knowing that there is a plant-based representation that of Gordon Ramsay, even before the show came out, has been on the news. Even recently, as of the as of this recording, I think something just came out where he's something heavy in the plant based space. But it's it's refreshing to see because it's like yes, you can thrive in this environment. And the news, like I think, the, one of the top restaurants in the world, it's going all plant based in New York. I love Madison Park. You know, there's so many amazing things. But one thing I do want to touch on right now is just idea of what it means to be plant-based, what it means, what it means to be X, Y, Z. For me, what trumps everything is compassion. And, and a big part of that, and I'm speaking for myself and what I've experienced is just being able to be what you want the world to be. Because people are looking at your actions as well. So if yeah. you're saying you get to be this way, you get to be this way. For me, I get to be that way. So that's why I lead with compassion over doing it for the animals, doing it for the environment, doing it for whatever it is. Because I could be doing it for those three reasons. But if I'm not practicing being compassionate to the person that's right in front of me, then yeah. why would that person want to switch their whole way of being? Preach. To... <laughs> so, and at the same time, when I say compassion, that doesn't mean I'm walking around like I'm Gandhi. I practice compassion because I know in my heart I can be triggered to not be compassionate. So always Mm -hmm. reminding myself to be compassionate is sort of like practice, like working that muscle. So if something happens, I realize that I'm not going to jump down this person's throat because they may be going through something right now. They may have Mm -hmm. some past traumas that makes it not as easy for them to do something that I can do, you know, and not pass that judgment on from them. So I say all that to say, you know, it's, I'm excited about this season of Hell's Kitchen. I'm excited about having this conversation with you, the conversation I had with Josie. I'm excited that people go and watch this season because it is a great show. You know, it's reality TV at its finest because it's showing, hopefully inspiring a generation of people to go out there and learn how to cook, learn how to, even even if it's just for themselves, you know? For me, it's, 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 it's interesting. Like cooking is like one of the things that everybody can do and at some point enjoys doing. And then yeah. you can take and you can learn and you can practice and you can have your own style of cuisine. There's so many different variations of what you can do. But ultimately, yeah. there's no one stopping you from making a good meal with somebody that you love. It's so and- true. I agree. I think the the thing that I find most beautiful about food is how connected it is to every aspect of our life. If we don't eat, we die, you know, and there are so many amazing memories that I've had sharing food with somebody. My, my favorite, favorite thing is to go out to a nice restaurant with somebody that I love, have a glass of wine, have an amazing meal, talk about our lives. It's just, it doesn't get any better than that because you're sharing, you're, you're sharing compassion. Exactly. Like you said, you're sharing connection. And that's all that we want in life, right? Is connection with other people. And that's why I will always do something with food in my life because 
I find food the ultimate source of connection with other people. And if food can make somebody, if I can make somebody happy with food or help somebody heal, then that that's exactly, you know, I will be fulfilled in my life. So take us into speaking of your life, take us into what you have going on right now. I know we talked about some projects that you're brewing up. So um, let our audience know a little bit about them. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. Uh, we're starting to do some food media stuff, which I have, I found my passion for during the, uh, the pandemic, during quarantine, where, you know, you can't go out into the restaurant. So I started to do YouTube videos and food media. And I think it's just an amazing way to expand plat- the platform of plant-based eating and mental health, spiritual health, physical health, emotional health all of that stuff. So I'm doing, I'm currently have a YouTube series called the self-help chef. And I kind of call it a you cast instead of a YouTube or a podcast. I feel like it's kind of combined because I uh, partner with experts in their field of mental, spiritual, and physical health. And we talk about things that I think should be more mainstream. For example, we just did an episode on um, mindful movement. A lot of people are out here exercising to trigger warning. They might want to lose weight. They might want to have a smaller body. They might want to work off that cookie they ate. Ugh, like, ugh. But, <laughs> but there is this new wave of exercise of working out for so many other reasons, for mental health, just to move your body, to feel one in your body. And so that's one of the conversations that we have. Um, I have one uh, with, I have that conversation with a a personal trainer in Austin. So we filmed it all in Austin, which is uh, where I went to school. So it's, it's a big food scene and every episode is something like that. So I'm very passionate about this project that we've been doing and just to be able to share other people's stories that I think are important. And so that's my, that's my big passion project that I have going on right now. And also, I'm going into the recipe development field. Uh, I've actually funny, funny, weird coincidence. Um, talking about how music, uh, food connects through everything. I've connected with a the one of the singers or rappers of Run DMC. His name is Daryl McDaniel's, and he's found food the passion of food through his life and his struggles, and it's so cool how you can meet all of these people just through cooking. And so we're developing a line of cookies. It's going to be called DMC Daryl makes cookies, wow. <laughs> which I think is pretty cute. And, um, it's just going to be, we're going to have vegan options and it's going to be all healthful, natural sweeteners, few ingredients, extremely delicious. And we're hoping that they can be very easily accessible as well. So accessible for people who, um, aren't very much used to eating healthier foods or it's hard for them to find, we're going to try to get that more accessible for everybody. So uh, families, kids, adults, it's going to be a good snack for everybody. So that's another really fun project that I'm working on and just experiencing life doing pop-ups around the city. I'm hoping to travel inside the country, outside of the country, um, just sharing my food and my passion and being able to connect with others. So that's, that's what I've got going on now. And I'm just really thankful for all of the opportunities that I've been able to do. And then where can people find um, more information about the projects you just mentioned? 
Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Chef Emily Hirsch. And after each word is a underscore. So Chef underscore Emily underscore Hirsch. And then uh, Facebook, Chef Emily Hirsch. And then you can go to my YouTube channel, which is also Chef Emily Hirsch. But you, I think you can type in the self-help chef and all of those episodes should be there. We have about two more episodes until the season first season is over. And then we're gearing up for the second season, which I think is going to be um, just the same amount of amazingness. So follow me on all those platforms. And if somebody ever wants to reach out about struggles with body, uh, body image or body dysmorphia, or just wants to talk about plant-based food and trying to make that change too, I'm an open book. So I love talking with my community and just connecting and helping each other out. So as we wind down this episode, I've had a great time speaking learn more about your backstory and your experience on the show, we like to reserve this spot for you to speak directly to our community and for you to say whatever might be on your heart. The floor is pretty much yours. And then that's how we end the show. So I'm going to yield the floor to you and it's, okay. it's all yours. That's, I'm very emotional. So you just even saying that, if that I can talk to the community on this platform is amazing. So thank you. I actually just want to thank everybody in this community because it's such a compassionate, loving, inspiring community. And I'm constantly just inspired and reinforced in my beliefs, being able to be connected to this amazing, amazing community. So I want to thank everybody who's doing the work for themselves and doing the work for others. And just like you said, staying compassionate and being the best person you can be, because that's what inspires me to be the best person I can be. So just a big thank you and a big kiss and hug to everybody in this amazing community. Then Soldier Records. Then Soldier Records. Wonder what Jezebel cooking Never see me pass with no bag full of meat Nor no bags full of chicken I just vegan style, this a vegan style Chicken vegetable and been eating for a while Vegan style, this a vegan style Chicken young and they can't come under the style Vegan style, this a vegan style Chicken vegetable and been eating for a while Vegan style, this a vegan style Chicken young and they can't come under the style Nutrients in a memoranda seed But I can't say I'm something no one no coaches Green banana skin of all the iron when we need We got a lot of greens and me eat a lot of beans That is when me get the energy, me get me protein Put me a to red and me color low green Spinach and me okra, me broccoli and me beef Black cassava, me beans and me weed Vegan style, this a vegan style Chicken vegetable, I've been eating for a while Vegan style, this a vegan style Cabbage with the 
guest chef emily hirsch from hell's kitchen for joining us and sharing some laughter and insights into the behind the scenes of hell's kitchen and we also want to give a huge shout out to our featured artist for today chazzy deck and his song vegan style so make sure you check that out in the show notes of this episode you can actually watch the video and i'm just officially saying if i jacked up the name Apologies to this amazing artist. Now, in terms of what we have going on with SoFlo Vegans, I'm going to issue you a challenge right now because we really love to hear from you guys. You know, sometimes when I'm out and about, somebody will stop me and be like, hey, I love your podcast. But I don't want to just wait to know people are checking it out when I see you in person. So I'm challenging you. If you only if you enjoy listening to this podcast, maybe you've been listening to a while, listening for a while for you to reach out to us. Let us know. It really means a lot to us and the team. We put a lot of work into producing and interviewing and recording, and we would love to hear some feedback. If there's something you would like to hear more of, if there's a guest you would like to see on the show. These are some of the things that we would love to know. So go to our just email contact at soflovegans.com. Go on our website, you know, go to our contact form. However you want to do it, we would love to hear from you. So in terms of some of the things that we have coming up, if you go to our events calendar, soflovegans.com slash calendar, you'll be able to see a lot of events that are happening down here in the South Florida area. Even if you're not from South Florida, if you're planning on visiting It's a good way to see, maybe schedule your calendar to see if there's some really cool events that are going to be happening while you're in the area. We also have a directory. So if you want to see some vegan businesses, some food, what have you, you'll be able to get that access as well. So pretty much we are an organization that is dedicated to making South Florida a global hotspot for veganism. 
So the way we do that is we do a lot of promotion. Most of it is free promotion for the businesses that are down here, for the nonprofits that are down here. Sometimes we work behind the scenes, helping them secure sponsorships for events. So we're all about figuring out how to make this community better for everybody. So if you want to get involved and you want to support, we have an ambassadors program that has opened up and you can go to soflowvegans.com slash ambassadors, or you can just become a member or a partner. So if you want more information for that, go to soflowvegans.com or once again, email us and we'll give you all the information that you need. And that's contact at soflowvegans.com. So thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned next week for another episode and we look forward to connecting with you soon today's episode was produced and edited by sean russell our associate producer is lauda gomez to become a sponsor please visit soflowvegans.com promo for more details and i swear i didn't need to record this I was actually hit stop and I'm still recording, but I'm going to keep it in.